we got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Fast and the Curious is part of the Acast Creators Network. You enjoy it now. Hello and welcome back to The Fast and the Curious with me, Betty Glover, Christian Hugill and Greg James. Christian, Greg, how are you both? You're both looking very radiant today. Very well. Happy that it's almost actual summer. I don't count May as summer. Really? June is when it's... I mean, I guess literally 22nd of June is the summer. But no, I feel very good. Had a busy week in Dundee for big weekend. I loved the Max Verstappen chat that you two did. I thought he sounded very sweet. I thought he sounded very open and honest. And I loved that he had a go at your Mercedes jacket behind you, Christian. I've made it very clear to Red Bull, if they want me to replace the Mercedes jacket, they know exactly how that can happen. If you send me free things, it will go on this display. So they're expensive F1 jackets. So just a reminder, Red Bull, that can happen, Max Verstappen. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) What, are we a minute in? And... I really don't know anything about the Monaco Grand Prix because I was stuck in a park in Dundee at Camperdown Park. I'm completely out of the loop. So can we just dive straight into Monaco and tell me the things that I need to know? First of all, was it an exciting race? Did you love it? Did it live up to the hype, Christian? Uh, Yes, yes and yes. It was an exciting race. It did live up to the hype. Yes, I did love it. Any race that goes from sort of dry to wet to sort of dry again is going to be entertaining. I think if you'd have asked me before the weekend, and it's a controversial opinion for someone like me who's been watching F1 for a long time. Ooh, go on. But if you'd have said to me, would you keep Monaco on the calendar if you were in charge? I think I'd have said no. And Greg looked like I'd just insulted his dog then when I said that. But there have been some dull races in recent years. But when the rain came down... It was such a challenge. And that qualifying session on Saturday where Max Verstappen was sensational. I think his best ever qualifying session. It sort of reminded me that F1's supposed to be the ultimate test of these drivers. And it was the ultimate test. Max won because he was phenomenal. When we spoke to him before Monaco, um, we asked him, do you ever get bored of winning? And he just went, no. Not really. Like it was just a really stupid question. (laughs) And that just shows it, right? I guess the competitor in him, the young kid who started as a go-karter, quite likes a bit of a battle. And is that what he had in Monaco? Massively, because there are three tiers of driver for me in Formula One. The absolute greats, the really good, and the rest of the pack. And bear in mind, they're all world class. They're all the best racing drivers in the world. But in that very top category, you have got Alonso, Verstappen 
and Hamilton for me. And Alonso and Verstappen showed why. They they were both sensational in qualifying. And it came down to the very last sector of Max smashing it out the park in the final third of the lap. And then in the race, despite all the chaos, cars touching each other, contact, broken bits of front wing everywhere, drivers hitting the wall, the changeable conditions, that's the sort of race where the winner's going to make a mistake or the leader's going to make a mistake. But he just didn't. He just took it all in his stride. It was one of Max's very best wins for me. It was sensational. What happened to the other Red Bull? What happened to Sergio Perez? Did he absolutely fuck it? In a word, yes, unfortunately. There is no other way to describe it. I think if Sergio was here, he'd admit that. So in qualifying, he hit the wall and qualified last, which was a a huge mistake to make in, in qualifying one. Does that, just before we continue a little bit and talk about some of the other drivers and some of our podcast pals, does that, and I'm just stirring a bit here, does that put his seat in jeopardy for next season and could that open up an opportunity for another one of the drivers to be the Red Bull guy with Max? I don't think so. If you look at how far ahead Red Bull are in the, in the Constructors' Championship and also the fact that Sergio's already won two races this year and already had two seconds this year. I don't think he's his seat's under threat. He's doing what Red Bull would like him to do in that he has been there to pick up the pieces when it's not worked out for Max. He can't afford many more of these weekends if Fernando Alonso was to start to overtake him for second in the World Championship, then we might be having a different conversation but I don't think we're at that phase yet. If you look at someone like Aston Martin, now they should be on pace comfortably second in the World uh, in the world Championship, in the Constructors' Championship. They're not. And that's because Lance Stroll hasn't picked up points in either of the last two races. That ain't good. So Lance Stroll, I think even though his dad owns the team and people would disagree with me with this, I think Lance is under pressure, but I don't think Sergio is quite yet. Greg, did you see the viral video of Lance Stroll? I haven't seen this. What is that? So I can only kind of describe it as what I was like when I was on the simulator, literally just going bang, 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 bang against the wall. Is from wall to <laughs> from wall. wall to wall. I need to have a look. It's it, it's a, it's a slightly harsh representation representation of Lance because he got car damage, so he hit the wall once and then had damage, so he hit the wall again as opposed to just as opposed to just peak Betty Glover just not controlling the vehicle. So it's a slightly harsh representation of Lance. Oh, let me have a look at it on my phone. Hang on, Lance Stroll Monaco. All right, here it is. It's not it's not it's not very dignified, is it, when you're driving the most expensive car in the world? I'd love to have seen his dad's face at that point. <laughs> That's a good point, Betty. That, that horrible moment where you drive your dad's car for the first time and that dad, dad, dad's just on the doorstep going Slow, slow, pull away slowly. Come on, watch out for the car behind. Have a a good day. Enjoy Thorpe Park. (laughs) Thorpe Park. I've got a big in-betweeners image going on here with you, Greg, when you first pass your driving test. Yeah, I think whenever whenever people say, oh, where did you grow up? I said, well, Bishop Stortford, which is basically sort of in-betweenersville. It's it's those sorts of roads, those sorts of cars, those sorts of people. 
That's what it was. We shouldn't laugh. It's a very difficult job. So looking at the standings, so let's have a look. So great for the Alpines, great weekend for the Alpines, great weekend for Mercedes, great for McLaren as well, the 9 and a 10. That's fantastic for Lando and for Oscar. Not so great for Alex Albon, who's in, in 14th. But, uh, you know, all in all, our, our pals on the podcast have done really well, haven't they? There's plenty of people who made mistakes, but it's also plenty of people properly shone. Esteban Ocon, one of, if not his most impressive drive in F1, and I include the race where he won in that, he's proved he's so good under pressure. If he needs to stay in front of a car with someone putting pressure on him behind, he's so good. He's also really good in changeable conditions. So third place for Ocon will be, was fantastic. Um, and you mentioned McLaren, Greg. We know how good Lando is. Oscar Piastri is impressing me so much this year. We saw how many people struggled. Monaco in changing conditions, I say it again, I'm boring myself, it's the ultimate test in F1. Oscar just took to it like a duck to a damp track. He was just (laughs) so comfortable in the car. He made an overtake, which is almost impossible to do at Monaco, to get a point the way he did. Oscar has settled into Formula One with maturity, with pace. He's not making too many mistakes. He will win races. Oscar Piastri will win races. Oscar Piastri will battle for a world championship. He's properly impressing me. Oh, that's so good to hear. I'm I'm really genuinely pleased for him and, dare I say, proud of him as well. Yeah. Can I just ask quickly about Alpine? Is that their first ever podium? No, their first ever podium since 2021, Greg. So they've they've done it, but back in 2021. So yeah, brilliant news. And that there there have been Alpine podiums while the team has been called Alpine. We should also remember this is used to be the Renault team, which Fernando Alonso won his two world championships. Yeah. No, I just meant I meant as Alpine. I just can't remember them ever really being in the mix. It's it's a rarity though, isn't it? Absolutely. When Alpine were last on the podium, who was the driver in 2021? Fernando Alonso was third in Qatar in 2021. So, yeah, that will be Fernando Alonso, judging by my geeky notebook here. Oh, that is amazing. That will be Fernando Alonso in Qatar in 2021. Yeah, and Esteban Ocon was fifth in that race. Wow. So that was a good weekend for Alpine. Oh, I love you, Christian Hugo, with your books and things. That's very genuinely impressive and sweet. Producer Jimmy says more about the notebook, please. I I don't know what they'd like to know about the notebook. but I. Well, I'd like to know how far back it goes. Well, this notebook goes back to 2021. So this notebook, I have notes. Oh, that's lucky. Uh, yeah, of, of every single race that's happened. It's going to 2021. But I've also recently started going, f- I'm going to go from 2010 to 2021. I don't have time to do this as often as I'd like. So I've started going through the 2010 season. So I've again <laughs> got notes. Because you sh- don't have enough stuff to be doing, Christian. Uh, well, it, yeah, I, I'm quite busy. But I like to, every time I've got a spare, also my tax return's getting in the way of this at the moment. But still, I like to, if I've got five minutes, just just go back and watch a few of the old races and, uh, you know, pick up from where we are. But no, I've got detailed notes going back to 2021. And it comes at the end of the season, if you can see this. Oh, God. It gives you a quite satisfying... Oh, lovely. Oh, I mean, it's literally like an old school register. Yeah, that is. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I really love looking back like that. And and actually, as a sports fan, I mean, I do it with cricket, which won't surprise you. But as a sports fan, it's really nice to go back and relive some of the bits because Mm. you're always 
particularly like when you're doing a podcast, you're always looking at the next game or the next race. So you don't sometimes really appreciate what's happened. It's brilliant. And actually, that's not a bad message for some of our listeners who have only just joined F1 and have only just got into it. It's quite fun to read back on the history of of the sport you maybe just have started to fall in love with because that gives you a whole new appreciation of it. Should we move on then? Because we've had quite a lot of um, questions in on social media, as always. Sophie's sent something in, which I think is really interesting. Um, and quite a few people have asked about this topic as well. It's about seeing the flaws of the cars. Hi, Christian, Vidi and Greg. I'm loving the podcast. I'm a big fan. Um, this is a question for Christian. I think we all saw the flying cars of Monaco. Everyone seemed to be making quite a fuss about it. Um, but if you told me to spot the difference between the flaws of those cars, I'd fail pretty hard. So what can people learn about these flaws? Why are they so important and what's the big deal? Thank you. Yeah, so a lot of people got quite into this on social media because obviously when Sergio Perez crashed in qualifying one, the car was lifted by crane away from the circuit and it was up in the air. People can look at Red Bull's car and go, what's making it so quick? Let's look at the side pods and there's nothing they can do to hide those because you see them but you don't usually see the underside of the car so it was a rare opportunity for the teams to see the floor well why is the floor so important the quickest f1 cars are the ones that stick to the track the best they're creating downforce they're sticking to it that enables them to go quicker it enables them to have grip the majority of downforce in f1 cars is generated by the floor the floor sort of forms a bit of a a low pressure area and helps it be sucked onto the track. Now, they all used to be quite standard and used to be quite flat, but when F1 had its big rule change at the start of the 2022 season, the floors have become more different. Teams are allowed to change their floors a bit more. And one of the reasons Red Bull have been so quick this year is because the techie people say they've nailed their floor. Their floor is a thing of beauty. So an opportunity for other people to look at the curves of the floor and where the floor goes up high is a rarity. In reality, is it going to peg Red Bull back? No, but it might help a Mercedes, an Alpine, an Aston Martin, a Ferrari with an upgrade just down the line, possibly. Again, what a mad sport <laughs> from someone who loves cricket, which is one of the maddest of all time. But for there to be a, oh my God, these crashed. We might get to see his floor quick. It's great. It's, it's wild, isn't it? Really, really wild. But I get, but also, you know, I've drunk the F1 Kool-Aid. I, I sort of get it because if the margins are that small, then... If someone's offering you a little glimpse of someone's floor, you're going to take it. I think if I'd had a pound for every time I'd said fine margins on this podcast, I'd be a millionaire. But it is the fine margins. Every little tiny detail makes a difference. And that's why I love it so much. I think we should have a Fast and the Curious bingo card because... Like, you have to do a short shot every time Greg says cricket. <laughs> You've got to do a shot every time Christian says fine margins. Every time someone goes, this sport is mad. And a shot for every time we have some... Well, I'm not going to sing the jingle. I'm not going to sing the jingle. And I know that's controversial. But I had a DM this week, guys, on my personal Insta, and it made me, like, actually beam and go like, oh, and that is from uh, Laurie's son, our listener Laurie, and this is what Laurie sent me. McLaren news. 
Oh, that's very, very Aww. sweet. How adorable is that? Very, very sweet. Arthur is five years of age and a big Aww. McLaren fan and has sung the McLaren News. So thanks, Arthur. That's nice of you. And the McLaren News is um, that Rob Marshall will be McLaren's new technical director for 2024. They've made big changes to their tech team, but Rob Marshall is a name lots of people won't have heard of, but he was one of Red Bull's big technical people. We know how good Red Bull are doing, so if you're McLaren and you're nicking a big Red Bull person, it's a good thing. McLaren, you know, we've just said, oh, didn't they do well? They got ninth and 10th. McLaren have no interest in being ninth and 10th long-term. They want to be battling for, in the medium-term podiums and in the long-term world championships. They will hope... This is a big step in the right direction because it's a good signing, that for McLaren. That's the end of McLaren News. Arthur, please sing us out. McLaren News. Very good. Lovely. I think Arthur actually gets the job full time now because he's more angelic and it's just nicer. I'm happy to be sacked. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. Now, I have a question which might be boring or might solicit a boring answer. Okay. So if it's a boring answer... I'm not interested and we'll go to beat the Christian. <laughs> and, I, and I'm going to use the Florence and the Machine song, Hunger, which I always sing. We all have a Honda. Oh, I know. <laughs> we all have a Honda. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, good. But is it worth talking about this Honda thing? Yes. Okay. Because in my, in my head, as a fan of road cars, Hondas are one of the most boring cars <laughs> ever and i've never had any interest in it whatsoever it is worth talking about this is brilliant so and honda aren't ever sponsoring this podcast are they now so well um well well i can be talked round. <laughs> okay let's okay. just we're let, open pr- to pr- negotiations prove me wrong honda prove me don't, wrong. don't don't be boring about it you know come and uh, come and have a discussion i'm going to try and summarize the honda in f1 situation quite quickly and it's very confusing because for example mclaren have a mercedes engine mclaren don't make their own engines mental ferrari do make their own engines so they have a ferrari engine right the the whole the the whole thing's stupid yeah if you're new to formula one it's mad but red bull were powered by honda engines honda decided to pull out of formula one saying we want to go and focus on electric stuff red bull went all right fair enough we'll make our own engines it'll become red bull powertrains then honda sort of got a bit of cold feet about pulling out and came back last year but still said but we're going long term to which red bull said all right well we'll get in bed with ford (laughs) so ford are coming in to help red bull but then this week it's been announced that honda are also coming back to formula one before they fully left Formula One. <laughs> Stupid. Now, make your f- minds up, for God's sake. Well, so now they're going, oh, we, we, if I'd have known you were coming back, I wouldn't have gone out with Ford. Yes, li- literally. So so Red Bull are like, all right, well, okay, you're coming back. Okay, fine. Well, right, well we're with Ford now, and Ford will be great, <laughs> but maybe we wouldn't have done it this way if you'd have just stayed. That would have been easier for everyone. So... In, so basically, in a very short uh. thing, all the engines change in 2026. Big engine rule reset. You'll have Red Bull powered by Ford. You'll have Aston Martin powered by Honda. Oh, good. Audi are coming in as well. No, no, shut up. <laughs> so, so what, what, what we're saying is, is that the most complicated sport on the planet is about to get more, more complicated. If you can separate in your mind teams and power suppliers, then it's not that complicated. Uh, would, you like, would you like to know something that's going to be even more confusing next year? Nope. No, yes, yeah, stop him. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Stupid, stupid. Just, I mean, 
Uh, I'm closing this podcast down. You're stupid. <laughs> yeah, we're done now. Also, Christian, your bloody F1 book is going to be all over the place. You're going to have to be crossing things out. <laughs> Shall we move on to Beat the Christian? Yeah. Because I feel like we haven't played this for, for a while. It's from Danny on Instagram. Um, we haven't got a name for this game yet, by the way, guys. So if anyone thinks of a cracking name, let us know. This is how it works. Are you ready? Yep. Danny says... I, I hate this feature. Why? You haven't even played it yet. They're always so difficult. It's like, on what lap did Juan Pablo Montoya pit in the 2004 Imola Grand Prix? I don't know. 12. I don't know. Christian, shut up. We're getting on with it. Just right, look okay. in your book or something. Brilliant. So, Danny says to play the game, Betty gives Christian the name of three drivers in the order that they appeared on an F1 podium from years gone by. All Christian has to do All. is name the year that podium happened and for a bonus point, which Grand Prix it happened in. So, for example, if I said first, Esteban Ocon, second, Lewis Hamilton, third, Carlos Sainz, that would obviously be the Hungarian Grand Prix in 2021. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, I'd have got that one because I know when Esteban won his race. Anyway, all right, I'm going to be rubbish at this, but let's have a go. Well, let's have a go. Greg, Danny also said that she doesn't have a role for you in this one, but um, as team principal, you could try and come up with the theme tune because that's what you're quite good at. Okay. Thank you, Danny. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go. Number one, are you ready, Christian? Yeah. Sweating. First, Kimi Raikkonen. Yeah. Second, Giancarlo Fisichella. Okay. And third, Fernando Alonso. So if it's Fisichella, it's in Kimi's first stint in Formula One. I've got a theme tune. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 go on then. I'll think of the other lyrics, but basically we can call it Where is the Podium? Yeah. It's to the tune of David Guetta and Sia's Titanium. So it goes, Where is the Podium? Okay. Yeah, brilliant. I love it. Round one of where is the podium? So what were the three? Kimi Raikkonen first, second, Giancarlo Fisichella, and third, Fernando Alonso. But where is the podium? You are going so high pitched then that my computer just completely cuts it out. (laughs) You are going very high. Uh, how are you getting on, Christian? This must be the early phase of Kimi Raik, early-ish phase of Kimi Raikkonen's career before he left and then came back with Lotus. Fisichella didn't get that many podiums in his time, so I think would have been driving for Force India. I think he left Force India somewhere around 2009-2010. I'm going to hazard a guess, and I could have this completely wrong. 2009. Oh, you're quite close, um, but you're wrong. It was. 2005, and it was Japan. Ah. So is is the game, where is the podium, but also when is the podium? I feel like it is both, Greg. So I don't know if you can get... <laughs> but when and where were the podiums? <laughs> <laughs> That's so high. Number two. Are you ready? Yeah. First... Jensen Button, our friend of the show, listen back to episode one to hear him quizzing Christian... Second, Sebastian Vettel. And third, Mark Webber. But where is the podium? <laughs> go, go again. Jensen was first. But, oh, not me, sorry. No, not you. <laughs> not you, Greg. Jensen Button, first. Yeah. Sebastian Vettel, second. And Mark Webber, third. But where is the podium? <laughs> 
and when? It could have been any time. When was it as well as where? (laughs) (laughs) Will you be quiet? Trying to concentrate. I think that might be quite a famous race. And one of my all-time favourite F1 racers and one of the races I screamed at the telly. Mm. Jensen Button hunted down Sebastian Vettel and forced him into a last lap mistake. If, and I thought I'd got the first one and I didn't, I think it's the 2011 Canadian Grand Prix. Yes! Smashed it! And that was the podium. Very good. (laughs) Very, very good. The one that Jensen Button has described as his greatest ever F1 win. uh, Do you know I know that? In lockdown, when nothing was on, I rewatched some classic races in full on a Sunday when I was missing F1. Oh. And that was one of the classic races I sat and watched in full. Do you want to have a go at number three? Yes. Daniel Ricciardo, number one. Valtteri Bottas, number two. And Lance Stroll came in third. I think... But where was the ball? If Ricciardo won it... It's in a Red Bull. It's because it's that. He's it bulletproof. <laughs> he did not lose. I seem to remember a, a Lance Stroll podium at Baku. That's you. It's, so it's possibly 17 or possibly 18. I can't remember which. So let's go Baku 2017. Hey, smashed it, Christian. Well done. Do, do you like the game now? Are you happy? Because you've done really well. I did Far, genuinely far better. Because I remember whose V is it anyway, beat the Christian, and I just crashed and burned miserably. Genuinely pleasantly surprised with myself there. He's bulletproof. He did not lose. Lights out and away we go. (laughs) For those listening as well, this is even funnier because Greg is singing with a completely straight face. It's not even like he's, it's not even like he's joking. He's taking this shit seriously. It's very serious business. Coming up with coming up with theme tunes. Well, she asked me to come up with a theme tune. She eliminated me from the game, so <laughs> off offered me a lifeline. I thought, right, I'm going to fucking smash this out of the park, Danny. <laughs> I hope Danny's impressed. I hope she's pleased. All right, now sometimes I feel like I'm in Barcelona. <laughs> See, any time I hear this tune, I just start drifting away. Which is a song, and isn't it? all I want to do is go back, back, back and talk about the Spanish Grand Prix. Oh, my God. Are you two okay? <laughs> that is a song lyric. Sometimes I feel like I'm in Barcelona. Oh. See, any time I hear this tune, I just start drifting away. Oh, that was quite good. That was quite in tune. What's going on, Christian? What do we need to know about this fantastic circuit? <laughs> I can never tell you get up early for a living. <laughs> when you record with Greg, you sometimes go quite delirious by the end of the evening, if you're recording in the evening. Right, the Spanish Grand Prix. I've had loads of questions recently in the DMs about upgrades. People have been saying, Alpine are bringing upgrades. Does that mean they're going to be quick? McLaren are bringing upgrades. Does that mean they're going to be quick? Although McLarens are coming a bit later down the line. We should see the proper result of some of these upgrades from Barcelona because the Spanish Grand Prix track is a real mixture of different corners. You've got a fast bit, you've got some tighter, slower bits. They've also made some tweaks to the track which should improve overtaking. So it should give us a bit more of an indication, particularly with Mercedes and Alpine because they bought upgrades 
as to how good these upgrades are. And it should give us a bit of an, a new idea of the order a little bit. I saw a tweet from somebody, I can't remember who said it, somebody from Alpine saying they reckon they're going to be quicker than Mercedes this weekend, which is big talk. So let's see if we, you know, maybe another Esteban podium, for example, or maybe we get Sexy Gasly up there. So it'll be interesting to see the running order from this Spanish Grand Prix. It should be a good one. And, 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 more rain forecasts. So we could have no, another, some more Christian, rain chaos. I'm, I'm going to have to cut in on that. I've just Googled the weather in Barcelona and it is pure sunshine. Oh. 21 degrees. I don't see any rain, mate. Right, so it's basically it's bright sunshine every day, 22 degrees. So that's... Right, okay. <laughs> Not going to rain. Yeah, you couldn't have been more wrong. <laughs> no Forget rain. that. I don't know who to trust anymore. Let's do a quick uh, prediction. Who's Who's winning? Go on then. Christian? Verstappen first, Alonso second, Perez third. Perez back in the mix, sir. I'm going to do Greg, and I'm going to say Alonso first. Oh, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? That would be fun. I think we're going to see a Mercedes podium. Oh. I think it's time maybe for a little little Lewis Hamilton, George Russell, three and four little dogfight. To the death. Mm. There you go. One of them. One of them battling for. Th- no. Uh, just to be clear. No. I don't want anyone to die. <laughs> no. Sure. That's that's what I think. Lewis Hamilton was second in Australia, and George is yet to be on the podium this year. He's had two fourths in Saudi and Miami. So what you say is possible, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And a nice afternoon race, is it, I guess? Because it's a European one. 2 p.m. start time. Lovely. Indeed. Delightful. Can watch that in the garden while suntanning myself on the phone. Delightful. Oh, that sounds great. Come around. Why don't we jump on and do a little podcast in the afternoon slash evening on Sunday to recap what's happened and... uh, Can do that. Maybe have some more... Honda news. Oh, really? I think uh, I think we'll skip the Honda news. We don't need to hear that again <laughs> for a few <laughs> years. Stick it up your Honda. Honda Ford. <laughs> Boring. Um, this has been an absolute delight, guys. <laughs> it has, and we would love your <laughs> questions, please. So email, what's the email address? Fast and curious at acast.com. If you want to follow us on TikTok, what is it? At Fast Curious Pod. If you want to have a look, a little looky there on Instagram, what is it? It's the same as it is on TikTok because we changed it mid-episode a few weeks back. <laughs> thank you very much, Betty. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Producer Jimmy. Thank you to uh, everyone in the whole world mm. who is involved in this podcast. But mainly, thank you for listening. And we'll be back after the Barcelona Grand Prix. Bye. Bye, Honda. Bye, <laughs> Honda.